Hi, I'm Alex Terranova, and this is the Dream Mason Podcast. And what you are about to hear is a segment called Playing With Problems. It was originally aired as the Playing With Problems podcast and is now officially folded into the Dream Mason Podcast. I hope you enjoy it. Success is a broad term that carries only arbitrary meaning. In Western cultures, we often attribute it to money, fame, and power. But money without joy, peace, love, spirituality, and health doesn't equate to a great life. Often, it equates to a miserable one. Hi, I'm Alex Terranova. As a business and life performance alchemist and coach who's coached hundreds of successful people, I have learned the secret to a great life is about creating a life you love the experience of living. It's not about how much money you make, how big your company is, how many abs you can count, the boat you own, the models you've slept with, or the trips you've taken. A great, successful life feels good. It's the result of choosing your purpose and living with commitment, integrity, love, play, and faith. Each week on Playing With Problems, I will sit down with one successful person. They might be successful in money, love, leadership, health, spirituality, or maybe they're thriving in various areas. And we'll explore who they are and what they've accomplished. But every podcast does that. What makes this podcast unique is we'll also dive into and play with a current problem they're experiencing. See, there's this cultural myth that makes us believe that once people are successful, they don't have problems. We all have problems, and it takes a courageous person to share theirs. The show isn't about listening to a problem that's been solved. Our guests will bring a vulnerable issue they are currently challenged by and we'll work and play together to get clarity, answers, new perspectives, ideas, and maybe even a solution. I invite you to experience these conversations as if they are about you. If you listen and watch through yourself, your relationships, finances, fears, challenges, successes, and problems, these conversations could change your life. Welcome to Playing With Problems. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to Playing With Problems. I'm your host, Alex Terranova. I uh, was talking to our guest who you're about to meet uh, right before we started this, and she said a couple things that, man, I really loved. But uh, one of the things that she said that has me really excited to have this conversation with her is she was talking about the opportunity that comes through failure and challenges that like the opportunity to rebuild better, to face something that happens to us and people have choices. We can either like go inward and retreat and be afraid and not try again, or we can use that. And again, this is how I heard it. This is what you said, but we can use that challenge or that oper- that that thing that happened as almost like a platform to like launch ourselves forward from. And I think that really embodies what this show is about, because no matter who you are, from somebody who's had a really hard, challenging life to somebody who maybe has had what they feel like is a more privileged or easy life, we all face challenges. No one has moved through this life challenge free. No one has moved through this life without some sort of obstacles or adversity. And I might say the quality of the life that you live and the way that you feel about your life is not about the things that have happened to you or uh, what the, the challenges you've faced, but who you've been in response to them and, and how you've come out or how you've handled them or the support you've gotten or who you've, um, who you've showed up as on the other side. So let me tell you a little bit about our guest. She, um, I feel like it's very, uh, accomplished in some very cool ways and uh, very different than than a lot of people that I've talked to in many of my podcasts. So she is the CEO of Genie Cleaning and has been an entrepreneur for over 35 years. Before joining the cleaning industry, she was a partner in over 30 top performing franchise restaurant locations. We might have to dive into that because I think I opened about 12 franchise restaurant locations and that was one of the hardest things I've ever done doing franchising. Uh, Genie Cleaning was recognized as a top three partner in 2021 by Cleaning for a Reason for providing free cleaning to cancer patients. She's the chairperson for ISSA Residential Cleaning Council of North America. I was the 2021 ISSA Cleaning Innovation Award judge. She advocates for local businesses as a board member, a by local Kalamazoo. 
She's also a business coach and loves guiding business, business leaders towards abundance. She has also been married for 36 years, which is a huge accomplishment in itself to Terry. And she's a mother to Julie and Travis. Jeannie Henderson, welcome to Playing With Problems. Thanks for being here. Well, thanks so much for having me, Alex. I'm, I'm excited to talk with you today. Thanks. You know, you, I want to ask you really quick, just because I think it's so relevant. You, right when we hopped on, you shared with me, you know, when, when you got asked to do this show, the first thing you thought was like, oh, there's like a little intimidation, which makes perfect sense, right? We're going to ask you to come on and talk about a challenge or a problem that you're currently facing. What came up for you? Like, what was the, what were the thoughts and the feelings that showed up when you went with that intimidation? Well, you know, I, I believe in vulnerability, but public vulnerability is, is difficult. And in this social media world, it's always, we're always painting this beautiful picture of what's happening in our life. And we only, we only post the highlight reels. And, you know, I've worked really hard in my lifetime to develop a reputation and, and be respected as a, you know, leader in the business you know, in the industry that I'm in and just in the business and community that I live in. And, and so being publicly vulnerable was a little intimidating. But then after I thought about it, I thought, wow, that's really what people want. You know, people want to hear that everybody has a challenge. And if you're in business, you definitely, if, and especially if you've achieved any level of success, you've had to overcome challenges. And I just, I love being um, coached and sharing with my coaches. I just haven't done it in a public space before. So, uh, you know, I've just never been coached publicly. And uh, in, in my business, we do these things called hot seats mm -hmm. and I feel like I'm in the hot seat. So it's a, it's a, it's exciting and nerve wracking at the same time. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I, I love that you see like that you're willing to be in the, like the gray area of it, right? Like it's not all bad. It's not all good, but there's that gray area where it feels a little nerve wracking or challenging or, or a little scary, but yet you see the opportunity. I think so I, much of life comes with that. Well, and I think that the challenge that I want to talk about today is one that many of us in the business world are dealing with right now. And, uh, and that's why I chose that one because I know I'm not the only one. Yeah. Yeah. Which is so, it's really rare, right? No, so rare that somebody has a challenge or a problem and they are the only one, you know, dealing with it. Um, I wanted to, um, there was something I wanted to ask you that just slipped my mind. Um, oh, about the hot seat and the, and the coaching, you, you said something that every, almost every time I record one of these, I go up to my fiance, who's, who's a coach for women and she doesn't really, she podcasts as a guest, but not, she doesn't host any shows. And I'll be like, Oh, man, it's so it's so challenging and nerve wracking also to be on the other side, right? Because I coach privately, right? I have all my clients, I coach in groups. Even when I do a retreat, right? I have maybe like 10 men and I'm working with one or I'm working with a group, but it's not the whole internet, right? Or the, or everyone that can go, oh, why did he ask that question? Or he shouldn't have done that. That's not how you are as a coach, right? Like you you expose yourself. And I notice that I have to, I'm actually subjecting myself just like my guests are, right? To scrutiny and opinion, right? Everyone's a coach these days. Everyone, you know, there's, there's a lot of public coaching or, um, and so I, I'm right there with you. I feel like the upside is better. The impact that we can have is more important than the scrutiny I might get. Um, and that's what like calls me forward to keep, to do this, you know, even with that at risk. Yeah, I think I think it's, you know, it's really a gift to we were talking about before we started, you know, there's so many stories about winners and that intimidates people, I think, because they think, well, if if you have to be a winner all the time, I'm never going to be able to accomplish that. <laughs> yeah. And none of us are winners all the time. I'm a, I'm a big believer that success is a pendulum yeah. and you only swing so far in the direction of success as you have swung in the direction of failure. You have to try so many times to achieve those levels of success and keep trying over and over again. Mm. Um, so I, I, I love this, this whole idea that you have. I love that point too. I, I don't, we don't 
think about you just when you said that it made me think of something you know when i hear that sometimes my brain goes to so if i want to win big i have to lose big and and in my head it's like well that's terrible i don't want to like win so big that i have to go and be like homeless or something right and when i just when you just said it it hit different and what i got was it's not that the 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 it has to swing like that i th- i heard it saw it almost like a professional athlete it's not that they have to get booted like out of the league to become a champion. They might have to lose the championship, right? Or have their heart broken, at, like being so close might be the, the, the vulnerability or the heartbreak that has to be the thing that happens before they get the thing. I've often thought like, oh, I want to win so big, but I don't want to like lose my home and lose all my stuff. And I think that it doesn't that might be the thing for some people. It could be that you just put yourself out there. Like, you know, we just created this men's retreat, me and one of my partners, and we could have had no men sign up, right? That could have been an outcome. Now that wouldn't have, we wouldn't have lost our homes. We wouldn't have lost our partners. We, we wouldn't have had to declare bankruptcy, but it would have been a big loss, right? But then you would look back and you would say, okay, now what do we do different? How sure. do we... How do we regroup and how do we reframe this to be more successful next time? It's kind of like practicing free throws. Yeah, You know, you're going to miss a bunch of them and you're going to keep getting better each time. But each time you miss them, you aren't going homeless. You're just learning how to get better and better and better. And every day in business is like shooting free throws. You know, I agree with you. Just you just you're you're. A lot of it is you're doing the same thing over again and you're getting better yeah. each time you try. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, it's so you it's have so to be mm-hmm. it's, it's like, I love, it's a great metaphor because I just think it's also so much easier to think I'm going to go throw the ball from half court. This will be way more exciting. <laughs> and it, it's like, yeah, that can might work. But what really has most business, what has any success, business, anything, health, fitness, right? A marriage is the free throws. It's not the like the 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 throwing the ball from half court and hoping it goes in. Yeah, it's the little stuff you do every day. And you might not win at that little thing, but you have to just keep doing it every day. And that has the, you know, compound effect over time. You just keep getting stronger. So what do you feel like you've been successful at in your life? You know, it's when you when you talk about that, it's like there are many things. Um, But I think the basis for for my life or what has helped me be successful is just the recognizing that it's not just me. It's the people around me that um, help me to grow, Uh, whether it's people who have impacted my life as a child. people who have um, encouraged me along the way. People have told me that I've made mistakes and and I've had to learn from them. It's just a culmination of all the people in my life. And everything in my success rides on the relationships that I have with people. I'm, I'm a very people-centric person and you can't do, you can't achieve big levels of success unless others are helping you along the way. But we can't do it. By ourselves. I think, you know, people look at rock stars and they think they're an overnight success, but how many people poured into them through their entire life to get to them to where they are? They may have been singing for 10 years before ever anybody ever heard them, but they seem like they're an overnight success. And it seems like it's just them, but it isn't. And I feel that way for me that by building relationships with people over my lifetime, I've, I've been able to get to where I am today. I love that. That's come up a lot on this on this show. It came up a ton. I I, I keep bringing up the men's retreat. That it it's pretty recent as we're recording this, but that was one of the biggest things for the men was not being a lone wolf. Was right. They all wanna. They came and they all wanted connection. They all wanted better relationships, not just with other men, but with their partners, with their community. And yet, as soon as they go back into their life, they like close in. And get back into the like, I got to do it all. And it's not that they, it's almost like programmed. Did you learn, did you learn how to like cultivate relationships in a way that supported you? Or is it something that you feel like just came naturally? 
No, I did have to learn it. Uh, I remember be, I always had kind of a leadership side to me. Um, I was always the one who like, I'll do it, you know, always jumping in, helping and that kind of thing. But I failed many times. And I can think back to failures of when I was, you know, in youth sports and, you know, in school and in theater and in my early jobs where I blew it. And I had and I realized it's because I wasn't cultivating those relationships correctly. And I've, I've learned, you know, now, well, when I, I recognize those red flags and I know how to how to fix it now because I've experienced it over and over again. Uh, I remember one of the things that I used to do when I was young was I would interrupt people when they were speaking. I couldn't stop doing it. I mean, I had a better idea. And that was something I had to learn growing up was don't interrupt people. Listen to what they have to say. If you have something to say, wait till they're done saying what they're going to say. But it, it, it interfered with a lot of my growth and relationships early on when I was an early manager in the restaurant business. And trying to lead other young people, uh, it was something that it was a struggle. But I can think back to several times where I was butting heads with people because I wasn't listening. And I had to learn how to become a really good listener instead of, you know, always blurting out all my ideas. Because otherwise, I was missing their ideas and their, the, what, the opportunity that they had to bring something to the table. I love that. Do you yeah. do anything to actively practice like improving your listening? I do. Um, I, I watch other people when they aren't listening and I'm like, oh, I don't want to be that. Right. You know, so you, you see it all over the place. Human beings struggle with listening. Um, we're always trying to one up the person that we're talking to and prove ourselves. And uh, so <clears throat> I do have to uh, focus on that. And like, I use a lot of breath it exercises, you know, just keep breathing. And when somebody's talking, I take a breath before I say anything. So it gives me time to think about what I'm going to say. Uh, but I'm glad to say that now people tell me I'm a great listener. So that's a victory that I came from a place where I couldn't do it at all when I was young to where now I think people call me just because they know I'll listen. That's great. Do you, I don't want to say this, do you notice, I'll just say I do, but do you notice that what often when people are listening, they're listening through a filter of automatically of agree or disagree? That there's that that we're like almost programmed to hear from like, oh, I agree with what Jeannie's saying or I disagree, but not the actually like there's no gray area to it. It's like I have to choose kind of automatically. Do you notice that? Uh, yeah, definitely. Um, <clears throat> I'm someone that I'm coaching right now struggles with that. And so helping that person kind of create that open-mindedness during their listening and their open heart to that. Uh, and that's, that's a big struggle because we all have preconceived ideas of what's right and what's wrong. And I know this better than you do. And so it is a struggle. Uh, so yeah, I do see that a lot. And it is something that we all in this day and age need to work on more is, you know, having that open mind and open heart to what other people are saying. Um, because if we don't, yeah. we're missing out on the opportunity to have a relationship and a relationship that's going to support us to have a better life. I, I do this thing. I don't do it all the time because it, it also would drive me nuts. But I do this thing every once in a while where I will sit and put on a news network that I don't agree with. That I typically automatically don't agree with. And I will like leave it on for an hour or two while I'm doing something else. And I was joking with my fiance. I was like, well, I'm this party now, right? I just completely changed. And she was like, what? And like, she like, and I was like, 
I'm not, I didn't actually, but I was like, I wanted to put myself in the space of just, right? At first, when I started listening, I was like, oh, these people are crazy. I disagree with everything they say. And then the more I just allowed it, just allowed myself to be with it, the more I started to be like, well, I'm making some interesting points. Now you could flip it and go back to the other network that you may normally agree with. And when you go back to that network, now you might go, wow, I don't agree with that anymore. And then if you listen long enough, and what I love about that is it kind of shows you like the pendulum of like the agree and disagree and that most people are taking a stand on like, like, like putting their foot in the ground on, on, on any issue on like one thing and how easy it is if you allow yourself to become flexible or how easy it is to become hardened in whatever opinion you already have, right? If you don't ever allow yourself to see a different opinion. Mm -hmm. um, and that really, I mean, how does it feel though, when it first starts, like when you, oh I mean, I love that. That's a great exercise, by the way. I'm going to definitely try it's, that out. It's really good around, like, I, I'm conscious of this because I think around major election cycles, it's a really powerful, right? Because everyone's even more intensified. Um. So at first it feels like I'm watching crazy people, right? <laughs> and then, and then as I, as I, right. So I practice going, can we just listen and stop disagreeing? Right. I don't have to ultimately agree, but can I just turn off that filter and simply hear what they're saying? Right. They clearly have an opinion, all that everyone has an opinion. And then what I notice is when I put that down, some of the things that they say actually make some sense. Now, does it mean that I like agree completely or that I'm going to change my whole belief system? Maybe, maybe, maybe not. What I notice is though, it has me see more of all the sides of topics. So I can actually have empathy for, wow, I don't necessarily agree with issue A, B, or C but I understand why someone does, right? And then that, I think what that does is it closes the gap. That person doesn't become kind of like an enemy. We might disagree, but we can, I can actually understand them, which has us be closer together as human beings. That's like my hope. And that's why I do it. Yeah. I love that. You know, I, I've had to take the stance of love first, you know, that we're just people and, and, there, everyone is no different. There's a song that I love that is called We All Bleed the Same. And it's, you know, you and I are not that much different. We may be believe different things, but we aren't that much different. And we all want ultimately the same things. We all are leading, leading towards the same goal. We all want a good life. We all want the world to be a better place. We all want world peace, right? But it's just how we get there. That's different. And, um, but I love that. I'm definitely going to try that. That's a, I'm glad you mentioned that. <laughs> it's, uh, it's definitely not for everyone. If you're listening to this and you're like, you know, it, it can be very triggering at first, right? Especially sure. if you're like firmly on like a side of something. Um, I think that ultimately most of us are more in the gray area than we are on the extremes, but we've been conditioned to think that we're more, we're like pulled to the extremes. And I think for me, I really want to be able to be with people more from empathy and love and connection. And I think it's really hard to help people if you have strong disagrees with other humans, right? It's really hard to be a great coach. It's really hard to be a great friend or a great family member if you're ultimately disagreeing with people all the time. Um, yeah. And we serve, and if you're a business person, you're serving people of all beliefs and you yeah. need to, you need to be open-minded and, you know, just caring for people first, regardless of, of their beliefs, but it's, you know, in this world, it doesn't benefit the news media to be gray. Sure. No. Yeah. I mean, well, everything, right. It doesn't benefit. I mean, everything we do, right. I need to be, if I'm a car maker, my cars need to be the best, right? Like mm -hmm. it doesn't benefit me to, to, to any, any industry that has money to be like, well, I'm pretty good, but there's a lot of other great options. You might check those out. <laughs> That's not. Yeah. No. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, we don't say that in my business. <laughs> no, that's right? not a, that's very not capitalistic. Like, hey, we're trying to win. Um, okay, let's, can we, is there anything else you want to share actually before we transition to the challenge you're facing? Is there anything else you want to mm -hmm. share about your success or anything you're really proud of for yourself in your life? 
You know, I, I would just say that, um, you know, one of my passions is the fact that um, we do deal with failure, but failure isn't the ultimate measure of what you can be. And I, and as you mentioned at the beginning, you know, I feel that when I've made mistakes or when I've had something traumatic happen in my life, that those are the things that made me who I am today. Those are the things that made me strong and taught me that I have survived them a hundred percent of the time and that I will be able to overcome that. So that thing that we're talking about today, it's like, I know that, you know, because I'm struggling with this, that I'm going to be even better on the other side of it once I figure it out. Um, so I do, yeah. <clears throat> I always know that when, when I'm dealing with a challenge or when I have failed at something, that that's the opportunity to really grow. That's where I've learned the most. Unfortunately, I learned lessons from failure. I think that's a human condition. I Well, some people don't, though. Some people make the same mistakes over and over again. And some people view failures or challenges as just these terrible things instead of, right, if you're looking for what's wrong with it, there's plenty available versus, hey, what's the opportunity here? Will you share really quickly, you shared the story about buffaloes and cows. Will you share that with us? Because I think that was um, like, I love it. I'm like, I got to go get a buffalo, something to put in my office. <laughs> yeah. So leading into the pandemic, um, I'm in the home services industry. And um, the the week that everything that was shutting down, I was in a conference room with 200 people at a home services conference. And we knew that the world was shutting down. It was March of 2020. And my coach, who was leading this event, pivoted. She changed her entire content for the last day of the conference because she knew that she had the opportunity to impact the lives of the people in the room to help them get through this, this coming storm, right? And she shared a story about the buffalo and the cow. And imagine a buffalo, a herd of buffalo and a herd of cows. I'm not sure if that's the right way to say it. Um, out on the plane and there's a storm in the distance. And, you know, I don't know if this is a legend or if it's actually been observed, but <laughs> buffaloes and cows act different when faced with an oncoming storm. When the cows see the storm in the distance, they're overcome with fear and they do what many of us do. And that is run away from the storm. And what ends up happening is the storm quickly overcomes them and now they're running in the storm with the storm and they become exhausted and they stumble and they fall and they could die because they're overcome by this huge storm. But the buffalo, the herd of buffaloes, takes a completely different approach and they turn into the storm and they run directly into the storm because the storm is moving in the opposite direction. So if they're running into the storm, they're going to get through the storm faster and they're not going to be overcome by it. They're not going to be exhausted by it. They're going to be stronger on the other side. And so uh, this group of home services business owners, we all became buffaloes. And we went home with that idea that we are the buffaloes in this storm. And the great thing is um, many of us had to close our businesses down and things like that, but we all survived. And many of us thrived. I, my business actually doubled in size during the pandemic. We are double the size that we were pre-pandemic. And I believe that's because of that day when I heard that talk and I became a Buffalo. I love it. It's, I don't know if it's, I, it sounds like it could be totally true that Buffaloes and cows behave that way. It also just reminds me of, I live by the beach and when there's a big wave, if you turn and try to get away from it, it's going to be, you're going to get clobbered and it's going to pull you under. So what yeah, do you I've do when before? Thing, right? when, yeah, of course, right? But what do you do when, and instinctively, a big wave, you'd turn around and run away. But if you actually know how waves work, when there's a big wave, you actually go towards it and dive into it. And then you move through it and it goes past you right on the other side. It doesn't mean, right, there's fear. It might be scary to dive into it. There might be a little bit of challenge in that. But I would relate to a big wave as a storm, a momentary mm -hmm. storm. And, um, yeah, how do you dive into the storms of your life or into the waves of your life, right? That show up because they're going to show up. It's, it's, you know, it doesn't have to be something as crazy as COVID that like overtook the whole world, but there's little storms that overtake our lives constantly. Um, yeah. 
Yeah, we went through a big loss many, many years ago, and we received some of the best advice from um, some legal counsel. And they said, you know, um, we had a great financial loss. And he said, you know, when somebody calls you and you owe them money, answer the phone. Mm -hmm. Answer every call. Be 100% honest. Tell them what's happening. Continue to communicate with them. And it's some of the best advice I ever received. And I still have relationships with some of those creditors because they it developed a level of respect for for us as we went through that together. And um, <clears throat> and you know, so I always tell people when you're going through a financial storm, don't run, don't run away from that. You know, go head head first into it and communicate with people and be honest and let people know what's happening. And um, you know, we came out of the came out of that even stronger and. And have just built upon it ever since. But it's that same that. buffalo attitude. Yeah. So let's talk about the storm or the wave or whatever we want to call it, the challenge that you're currently facing. What what's going on currently? So I'm in a um a business that is a service business. And the product that we sell is basically people's time. My business cannot run without people. And I have an amazing team. I have a great leadership team and a great team of people who provide our services for our clients. And we've worked really hard at building a strong culture in our business. One of the things that we say is we're a mission with a business. We're not a business with a mission. We're a mission with a business that we we really focus on making people's lives better. And that starts with our team. You know, we really want to provide a great job, but we also want working with us to impact their lives outside of work, to help them be financially secure, help with personal development and personal growth, those kinds of things. And we work really hard at that. And then yet we still have people leaving us. And, you know, I understand there are just so many factors right now that affect people staying in a job and people having loyalty. And I'm in an industry where turnover can be 300% and we're far below that. But it's painful every time it happens. And I'm, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to become a better leader in a way that helps us hold on to the right people, at least longer, maybe not forever, but create some more, create more longevity in our business. We have great people on our team. They do an outstanding job. But right now, they aren't lasting very long. Where it used to be, you know, people would be with us for years at a time. You know, now to have someone with us, and of course, coming out of the pandemic, this is different. But just to have someone with us for 24 months is an, in a, is an accomplishment. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm just trying to figure out what what is the the thing or things that that we can do as you know leaders and um, employers that really make a job stick yeah. that people want to stay and i have people leave i just actually just had this happen someone left our business and they're like this is the best job i've ever had i hate leaving and i've had that mm. multiple times and of course, we're diving into that, right? We're asking questions. Yeah. We're trying to figure out what it is. And a lot of times it's money. And I'm limited how much I can pay by how much I can charge. You know, there's there's sure. certain things like that and benefits and, and stuff like that. But it's like, okay, we're accomplishing that goal. They love us. They love being here, supposedly. But they still leave. Yeah. Is there something I can do or am I powerless? Because I can, the amount that I can pay someone. I pay more than probably anyone in the industry in my area to my yeah. team. Yeah. So. It's it's a struggle and it hurts yeah. Yeah. every time it happens. Yeah. And you can tell, right? Like over here, I can really feel like you care. You want your people to be taken care of. You want them to be happy. It's not like you're just like, oh, I'm making them happy so they'll stay. Like you actually, I can feel the like, I want to run a business where people are happy to work here. Um, do people tell you? you said money is that when people leave is it the is that the thing they tell you like they're leaving because they get more money from some other industry i'm guessing since you say you pay more than most people in your industry i do believe that 
money is a driving factor because employers are becoming so competitive. Everyone is raising their wages and you can't blame them. We have to run our business and we can't run our businesses without people. But I do think that the job that we offer is unique in that a few things. Uh, we, we clean houses. I don't talk about that very much because I really focus on the the impact that our job has and not what we do, but how it impacts people's lives. But we clean houses and our team members work alone most of the day, uh, solo. So, you know, I know that the job can be lonely and we work on the, you know, relationships as I was talking about earlier so that they do feel like they have relationships in the workplace, but they drive their own vehicle. You know, we do compensate them for that, but that's another piece. And you'll see a lot of people in my industry do provide vehicles, but if you could imagine as an asset, that's a very expensive thing to add to your business. Um, you know, so there's that piece of um, being alone, uh, having to be responsible for that, the vehicle. We provide everything else they need to do their job, yeah. but we don't provide the vehicle. Uh, if you were... If you flipped positions and you are now in the position of like your people, mm -hmm. what do you think would have you stay beyond money, beyond the like, right? There is a, there's a, there's an amount that you simply can't pay more than unless you, you pay different. So just from, from what currently exists, um, if, if you were staying in the job and it was not just about like the, the financial trade-off, what would have you stay? I love that question that's a really good question um you know i think that we know that the vehicle thing is an issue we've heard that a few times so i think we need to dive into that more how can we how can we do that i don't know that we could add vehicles but maybe there's something more we can do around that around vehicle allowances and things like that to make it more reasonable for people i think that more, um, I do think that the people we're hiring sometimes aren't the right people because of, you know, where they're at in their lives, um, in their earning life. Uh, you know, I, I think sometimes we need to focus more on a, a different audience. And that audience, I think, probably needs more benefits and, you know, healthcare, which is, we don't provide a full healthcare package and we're investigating that. Uh, you know, I just, it's been frustrating because I can't figure out like mm -hmm. that other piece. And if it were me, when I signed up for the job, I know what the job is, but I think once they get in the job, if I were that person and I'm picturing it, because usually we lose people around uh, 90 to six, 90 days to six months. Yeah. <clears throat> I think the reality sets in of working alone all day, driving my own vehicle, working in multiple job sites instead of one. At first, I think they, that people, and as I, when I started in the business, I was cleaning houses, uh, that it's exciting because you get to see, uh, you know, new houses every day. Sure. But then I think it, it gets old after a while. And it's a hard, I mean, I relate to it as like, it's a hard job. I've cleaned my own house and I've paid someone to clean my house and mm -hmm. I would happily pay someone to clean my house because it's, it's not an easy, right? It doesn't take, you don't, it's not like solving long division that it's a mental hard. It's physically, it's a hard job. And I don't think we necessarily give people the, maybe the respect or the, the, the like acknowledgement that's due for like what they do for our, our homes, right? Like how they claim the work that they do that make us feel good in our homes. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it's probably slightly thankless for the actual people in, in sort of not necessarily from you, but from maybe the people whose homes they're cleaning. Um, the thing that I'm, that I got curious about is there's like ways that the industry does things and there's ways that the industry doesn't do things. Like there's things that you know you can't do or you shouldn't do that don't work. And then there's things that you're like, well, we could provide healthcare and vehicles. If you were going to reinvent the industry, 
Like if you were like, hey, this doesn't exist. I'm going to like blow this whole thing up and like start it from kind of a blank slate or scratch. And I can like create whatever I want in this space, right? From the desire that you have to like make a difference, if you are, if you are creating from, I want to make a difference in the people's lives that work for me. I want to help them advance in their lives. And I want to provide like a great service. What might be different if you were creating from scratch, if those were like the drivers? Yeah, I, it, this is just so mind freeing, you know, to start from zero because, you know, usually when you're creating something, you're piecing it together from like the moment that you start and then you make the little change, but you still have this old piece there that you're building on top of, you know? So I love that of just opening it up. Where would you start? You know, and I think <clears throat> diving deeper into the wants and needs of the people in our workplace to discover, you know, all of the things that, that are their needs. One of the things that I've dreamed about is uh, childcare is one of the big, um, barriers to employment, childcare, transportation, uh, those, those things are challenges for people. And I would love to partner with or create childcare for our people mm -hmm. because we do employ mostly women. We do have some amazing guys on our team too, but, um, you know, and their dads too. So it's, that's a huge thing that I think if there was a way to do it, I would do it. Um, and I, I think that we have to dig deeper into the transportation piece of that for people and more for their personal care. Um, we do, we actually just started a financial wellness program for our team uh, because we know that when people are struggling with financial issues, it impacts sure. everything in their life. Um, and so, you know, so we're working on that, but I think doing more in that area, um, because we know that many people live paycheck to paycheck. So how do we change, how do we change that for people? There's, it reminds me too, of their stories. At least I've heard a few of people that are now very wealthy that started cleaning houses, right? Mm -hmm. They were like, and you mean you shared that, that you, that's where you were cleaning houses at some point. Mm -hmm. Um, but I've heard numerous stories from men and women that were like, they were at their rock bottom. This was like a job that was like reliable and consistent. They could make some money and that they used that to leverage to uplevel their life. And for whatever reason, maybe they had some financial knowledge, right? You were able to start, turn it into more of a business than just you continuing to clean houses. And so I really hear that opportunity in, if we can like educate our people there's a more of a longevity to stay because we can help them build something longer term. They're not going to stay forever because they would build themselves right out of the industry. But I hear like, maybe there's a, I don't know. The thing that just came to me was like, maybe there's a three to five year plan that has people see if I do this for three to five years, this is what's available on the other side. Not necessarily from you, but if I can follow this model, right? Like this is what's possible. Um, and obviously some that. people don't care, right? Like they wouldn't, they don't have that longevity, but I'm imagining, I mean, if we think about anything, most of us, it's really hard to go somewhere if we don't know where we're going and mm -hmm. the challenges get really frustrating. Right. But if you know, if like, man, if I just do this for three years and I follow the plan that Jeannie lays out or the team lays out, right. I could have this much money or I could be invested in these things, or I could, whatever, right? Whatever the, I don't, I, I don't know. There's like a, a, a carrot that also feels like, at least for me, somebody would be really proud of themselves because they didn't get it handed to them. They created that. Oh, I love that. Wow. So yeah, this is so great, Alex. So I just have this vision of, Helping people because many, many people who work in our industry are the people living paycheck to paycheck. I'm yeah. sorry, I'm getting emotional. No, thanks. So 
And that's been like one of the things that I really want to change is that that they that the people who become part of our team that their lives are forever impacted that they can start to change generationally what's happening, you know, in their families. So to be able to help them, you know, be with us for three to five years and to come away with a house payment or, you know, being able to buy their first new car or to pay for their kids to go to school, like all that kind of stuff. Mm. That's what drives me. Yeah. And I love that you came up with that idea. I mean, that's just so awesome. I'm sorry. I get so emotional. No, please. What's the, just tell me about the emotion. Like, what is the emotion that comes up for you? Well, I think I'm one of those people that I just fall in love with the people in my life very quickly. And, you know, I just, I see how much they love to make other people happy. You know, the people we bring onto our team are very, um, we really look for people with a heart of service who love to help others, you know, and so that's who they are. And I become really um, just so proud of them and, you know, watching what they've done. And, you know, I created this business, my husband and I did from the beginning, but they've taken this brand and made it something even greater than I could have ever imagined, you know, because more ideas, and you know, have helped create it into something that it is much more than I ever thought it could be. And, um, but how wonderful would that be to be a workplace where you know that your employer is working to make your life better 10 years from now and not, you know, and of course everybody has to make a profit, but to do that, it's just, I get, I just love our people so much and it would be such a gift to be able to help people make that change because most people struggle with it all their lives and they aren't able to figure it out. Yeah. I, uh, I coached a, a, uh, like the tech company, a really small tech company at one point. Mm -hmm. And the owner of the company had me come in and he had like 10 people on his team and he had me come in and I sat with all 10 and, and they were like, what are we, they didn't no idea what we were going to do. The first thing we did was like, what do you all want? And they were like, what do you, they were like, kind of, what do you mean? What do we want? Like at work? And I was like, no, no, no. Like, what do you want? And what we got and got to is like one guy was like, man, I, I really want, you know, one guy was young. He was like living in his parents' house and he was like, I want to move out. I'm like 25. I want my own place. I like, don't, I like, can't get the money together. Right. He just like, doesn't have the financial wherewithal. So he spends what he makes. Right. He can't, mm-hmm. um, you know, another guy was like, I'm married. I have kids. We live in an apartment. I want to buy a house. Right. I live in San Diego. It's not easy. It's not, this is not the easiest market to buy a house. And what we got really clear is like everyone had a different thing and they weren't all financial, right? It wasn't all, those were just two I remember. Um, and the owner was really committed to, I want to help them get those things. And one of the things we did together was how do we, we, we ended up building out a timeline for each person. So each person could see like, well, if I follow a plan, and I didn't, we didn't give them the plan, right? We don't know, you know, what we had, we helped them create their own plan with our leadership and advice to be like, Hey, if you can stick to this plan that you created, you could be in your own place. You could have a house, right? Like, and the owner really got was the same as you. Like he was like, Hey, I get that sometimes they're going to leave if I help them build the thing. And he kind of said the same thing. He was like, and I would be so proud if that's why they left. Right. If they like worked themselves into, you know, the next thing, but that, in that my my company becomes a more desirable place to work. They like tell people why it's great to work here. They like stay longer because they're like, they don't want to leave. I actually just had an experience with, I've been helping my mentor uh, run some, his, some of his media company for about two or three years now. It doesn't, it's not a financial thing for me. It's like, I want to be close to him. I want to have that relationship. I want to help him. And I recently just shared with him that like, this time is coming to an end. And it's like, I don't, I'm like, right. I don't want to leave. Right. I'm only staying because of the relationship, not for anything else. And that's so unique, right. That we get to, 
cultivate that. And there's no right way. The right way is actually what I get from you is like through relationships, we're really getting to connected with people and see like, how can I help them get where they want to go? Yeah. And that is true. I think, you know, I'm at a point in my life where, you know, money isn't what drives me. You know, I have to have money sure. to accomplish the things that I want to accomplish in my life, but really it's about impact. And I live in the town where I was born, which, mm. you know, most of us don't do that, but I've watched what's happened in this community over my lifetime and I want to leave it better. Mm -hmm. And it's one person at a time, you know? So, it's well, here, here's, I have a, a challenge or a practice for you. Um, and I recently did this myself. So it feels like very, and I, and I wasn't thinking of this. It just kind of came up as you said that. So. What I did was I took like what my motivation was and what my kind of vision was. And I laid that on the, like, I took a big, almost like I, I did it virtually, but like a big poster board. Mm -hmm. Right. And I put that at the center. And then it was like, what are all the ways that I can make that happen inside of what I'm doing? Right. So you talked about like a three to five year plan. Um, child care. And I just like mind mapped a vision that was driven by the, the person I want to be and the impact I want to have, which I think is counterintuitive to the way most of us do business, right? We like, look at like, all right, we need to get to this level of money, or we need to grow to this many employees, which is just a result driven and it's fine. But I don't think it really appeals to people like you and me that it's not, it's not what it's about. And I think actually most of us, that's not what it's about. But And then all of a sudden, what becomes possible as you're like kind of mapping this, kind of just drawing almost like a, 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 like a mind, mind map um, is like, whoa, a three to five year plan. What if we created some sort of childcare program? Um, I'm, I'm making stuff up, right? I don't know your business. Mm -hmm. um, what if like shuttles dropped, picked up all the people and dropped them off at their places and then picked them up, right? I mean, I don't know how you'd coordinate that because of time. Um, but what if there was like a way to put our people in community together, like to have some sort of community where they didn't, while they're working alone, they're still connected, um, where you're, you're looking at the, the who you want to be and what you want to create in terms of the impact. And lets that drive all the things that could be possible. Yeah. I think that's a really good exercise for me to do. Uh, but it is. <clears throat> it, 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 you know, I've had a mind shift just in the last few minutes of, you know, how, we're, how we've been looking at this. And there are so many things we know we want to do. But I think we've been overwhelmed by the bigness of it. And breaking it into those small pieces of, you know, and that's what I teach people, but it's, you know, teacher needs to be taught sometimes. And, you know, breaking things down into smaller pieces and the little things that we can do. And we are moving in those directions to some degree, but definitely not uh, in ways, you know, we just haven't thought of it this way. Re, you know, flipping the script. In, um, in quantum physics, there's a term called the infinity principle. Have you ever heard of this? Mm -hmm. And you just said, I, I want to share it with the, the people listening too, since you, how you have, right? It's the idea that like infinity is impossible to be measured. It's just too, it's just too big. So what scientists do or quantum physicists do is they take that, they take a tiny little slice of, of something that's like a black hole or, or infinity, the galaxy, and they look at the tiny little slice. What they notice, and then in a tiny little slice, there's patterns. And then if they can be with that tiny little slice and investigate that tiny little slice, it opens up more of the bigger picture. And then they can look at all more tiny little slices and then come to understand this thing that is seemingly ununderstandable. And you just, you painted it like so perfectly. I think we can, that lesson from quantum physics, which is way bigger than what most of us are dealing with can be right attributed to anything that we're up to. The idea for some people of owning a house is impossible. 
right? There's a, there's people that work for you or that we know that are, that, and we hear it all the time in different markets, right? It's impossible to buy a house in the city, you know, especially, you know, and, and especially in major cities or depending on what people do for a living. And that's not actually true. But if we look at the, it, 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 in its entirety, it feels impossible. So how do we, how do you become the person that makes the impossible possible for these people that work for you? Then you're like, actually a genie. <laughs> yeah. You know, I've been trying to live up to that name all my life. And, uh, you know, but it, it is, I, I love that, you know, making the impossible possible. And I think all of us are called to that, you know, for other people. Uh, be, because as I said in the beginning, none of us can accomplish it all by ourselves. Um, so, yeah. Oh, my gosh. This has been so good. Is it is it funny how names like I hadn't thought of your name, how it connects to like what we're talking about. But isn't it funny how how often names like our, how, what the name we're given is somehow tied to like who we are, or what we're up to. Um, I just it's that that kind of just showed up and I was like, oh, yeah. that's kind of cool that your name is Jeannie and this you're trying to make magic for these people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I am. I'm trying. And I think what we talked about today, I think, um, for sure, I'm, I don't think, I know that if we just slightly move in that direction, that it will change things for us. Yeah. I think for sure. And yeah, I'm just really excited to get to work on this. Yeah. I have one or two more questions for you. And then okay. I just want to check in with where you, where you're at. One is, what do you have to like leave behind? to keep this kind of inspiration that you have this, this like light up sensation that you've just cultivated, what do you have to kind of leave behind this to keep going with that? Or what might you have to leave behind? Yeah. I might have to leave behind um, just something, just the way we do some things. I have to let go of, I have to let go of this is how we've always done it. And I think we all have to do that sometimes. We have to let go of this is how we've always done it. And and I think, you know, some of the people who are with me now might not be the people who are with me tomorrow. And I always I always struggle with that, you know, that the people who helped us get to where we are today, um, this might not be the right path for them going forward kind of a thing. And I've always had to learn to and that's why I always try to help people in our job, like when when it's time that they're ready to move on to something else, that at least they're better when they leave. They've learned new skills, new things that are going to help them in whatever they're going to do next, whether it's they're going off to have babies or they're going off to college or whatever it is that we help them. And sometimes, you know, I think that I've known that, you know, we probably need to hire sometimes a different group of people to kind of fit this role as well. And um and then I I think I need to uh just really I I have a lot on my plate. And I think sometimes my my focus I get really distracted because there's so many opportunities and I have to let go of some of those opportunities to make this one really amazing. You know, I think I spread myself too thin uh, to be able to focus on this really important task laid before me. Who would you have to practice being and showing up as to kind of really expand on what we've created here? Well, I love that you had me put on the shoes of the people on my team. And I think I need to do that more. Um, I need to be, I need to go back to the beginning more and be that person I was, that wide-eyed entrepreneur at the beginning. Uh, and we do get really focused on numbers goals sometimes. 
And I think if I focus less on that and more on the people, the numbers will just happen. And I've learned that lesson many times over, but I often need to be reminded. Love that. How do you feel like this come? How, how has this gone for you so far? Um, like I said, it was really uncomfortable. <laughs> um, but we have to, I, I'm a big believer that it's a good sign when I'm uncomfortable because that means I'm growing. Yeah. <clears throat> so I feel like I just grew five inches. Mm-hmm. Like I feel, you know, like in the Grinch when his heart goes from real little and it like breaks the, the screen, I feel like you just opened my eyes to something that um, I couldn't see because I was dealing with pain and, you know, busyness and restrictions that I was placing on our ability to grow. And it did. It just kind of blew the doors off of that. And I feel... Yeah, I feel like I've got like a direction that I couldn't have found by myself. Awesome. And that's why we need to share, right? That's why we need to talk to other people and be vulnerable. Yeah. Uh, No matter what kind of leader you are, I just feel like we can always learn from somebody else. And having your eyes look at this, um, it just helped me see it in a completely different light, you know? Thank you. Thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for being vulnerable and open. And, you know, it's so much easier to be the successful person who knows who like, oh, I've tried everything. I've done everything, you know, right. It's so much easier for us to do that, but it often doesn't get us the the next thing or a new perspective or a new possibility, right? What we know is what exists. And if we want something different, we have to get out of what we know. And I think for successful people, often that's really tough. Because what we know has done has served us really well. So I just thank you for being, you know, open minded and wise enough to know that there's stuff available outside of your success. And I just want to acknowledge you too for um, your heart. Like I love that metaphor of like the Grinch's heart opening. Um, I have this idea that when we, when our hearts get broken, picture like it cracks in the center and splits. But when we like actually love again, it fills in and then our heart's actually bigger. Mm-hmm. It doesn't come back mm-hmm. and close. It it stays spread apart, but filled in. And, and so every time you open your heart up to people or things or love or whatever, it's going to get broken. But every time that you allow it to heal, it gets, it keeps expanding. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. So thanks for letting your heart continue to expand for all these people that, you know, you're really committed to. Um, yeah, I think that was great. Is there anything you want to say or share? Uh, you know, I want to kind of leave you with the last word uh, as we wrap up. Well, you know, I really encourage people to, you know, if you're listening to this today and, you know, it, it's impacted you to do something that you're afraid of today. And I was afraid today uh coming on this with you alex and um oh my gosh what a reward for you know charging into something i was afraid of and uh you know we can't grow unless we do things that scare us and um oh my i just i feel incredibly blessed to have this these ideas now my head is just swimming with ideas um because you know i I was vulnerable and I, I, every time I allow myself to be vulnerable, there's a reward, but often I'm just, you know, closed in and protected because I need to be strong for everybody else. And I need to always be presenting this, you know, leader, successful person. And it's whenever I open myself up to others, that's when I come away with thing, you know, the greatest of things. So thank you. You're welcome. Thank you. Great last words. Um, the last thing I want to just say to you and to anyone listening, anyone listening, that's been like having some breakthroughs for themselves is make sure, and I I feel like, you know, this, but even though, you know, it as a coach, I want to say it to you is just make sure that something holds you accountable to what we talked about today. 
So a week from now, you don't get stuck back in the minutia and the problems. You know, tell your husband about this. Tell somebody that you work with. Write something down in big and put something on a calendar so that you can actually do this, right? Because as soon as we get off here, I think this always happens. The men that I was on the retreat with talked about this. As soon as they went back to regular life, regular life takes over. And all the magic that they created can get lost and washed away. And so how do we hold it? And it's tough to hold ourselves accountable if we don't kind of like put a stake in the sand, you know, or in the dirt and, and kind of mark that territory to come back to. Um, Jenny, thank you so much for being with me. Thank you for being so vulnerable and open and honest. Thank you for your like big loving heart and your commitment to serving others. This was great. Uh, everyone listening, thank you for listening. Um, if you want to reach out to Jeannie, you can go to geniecleaning.com. Jeannie's also on LinkedIn at Jeannie Henderson. I'll put all of those in the show notes. And if you want to be on this show or you think there's, you know, you know somebody who should be on this show, reach out to me at alex at thedreammason.com. And otherwise, thanks for being here and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Playing With Problems. I'm so grateful to you and our guests who are willing to come on and talk about and share so vulnerably. If you like the podcast, please like and subscribe and leave us a review. And if you're a successful person who thinks you have a challenge or problem that you want to come on this show and talk about, or if you're a successful person and you feel like a more intimate, personal one-on-one -on -one conversation is more right for you, please reach out to playingwithproblems at thedreammason.com. Thank you for listening to Playing With Problems.